Welcome in to another edition of the WISSports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WISSports.net, and your host each week for the WSN podcast. What a first couple of weeks it has been in the high school football season. Some, uh, some surprising results, some surprising teams that we'll talk about quite a bit here in a little bit that are off to struggling starts. There have been some, uh, certainly some impressive beginnings to the high school football season. We've already had some outstanding games, more on the schedule coming up and including this week, and already some big individual performers starting to separate themselves a little bit as we move into uh, the third week of the season. So after this week, believe it or not, a third of the high school football regular season is complete. To borrow from my football Friday night co-host, Mike Pilch, the high school football season is the fastest nine weeks on the calendar. It's a fun little game that you could play during football Friday night, by the way. Uh, how many times Mike Pilch will say that? I think, I think the average is three or four, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he can eclipse it this week. I'll, I'll see if I can prod him on, get him to get up there five or six times. But uh, it does go fast. The season has gone fast already. And again, we're approaching that point where we're a third of the year in and we're approaching that point where we're only about a week and a half after the week four games where I, I think it's fair to at least start mentioning the P word. Yes, playoffs. Not this week, not, not next week uh, necessarily during the week, but after week four games because there will be some teams that have become playoff eligible in week four, after week four, that is. So we can start kind of tossing that around a little bit. But for right now, as we take a look back at last week, there are some things that really jump out in terms of games and, again, teams that have struggled and continue to struggle. Uh, but let's start with the game of the week, which last week was down in the southeast part of the state. It was a uh, second straight GMC Classic 8 crossover that we featured as our game of the week as Catholic Memorial hosted Brookfield Central. Catholic Memorial, the defending Division Three state champion, of course. Ca uh, Brookfield Central, excuse me, two-time runner-up in Division Two the last couple years. And uh, Brookfield Central scored first, but Catholic Memorial came back, as we've seen them do a number of times, including last year's D3 state title game over West of Pier. Catholic Memorial came back, took the lead pretty quickly in the first quarter, and never trailed as they went on to win 41-21. Luke Fox, the quarterback senior from Catholic Memorial, the top-ranked senior quarterback in the state of Wisconsin, was outstanding, completed only 10 of 20 passes, but went for 340 yards, three touchdowns. Joe Sikma uh, caught four of those passes for 169 yards and two long scores, two 70-plus scores, and Sikma had a uh, excuse me, a 71-yard punt return touchdown in that one. As Catholic Memorial looking very good once again. Staying in the Classic 8, Muskego opened the year with a win over Marquette in a non-conference game, but then in Week 2 got to the conference action and a highly anticipated game against Arrowhead. Muskego ended up pulling that one out. By the way, Muskego's reward for beating Marquette and Arrowhead in back-to-back -back weeks this week they get Waukesha West. 
a highly ranked team in Division II and always a contender. I think the biggest eye-opening score, um, in terms of upset anyway, had to come from up in the Fox Valley in the FRCC, where Sheboygan South is a team that has struggled for many years. They, they don't have any playoff appearances since 2010, generally been uncompetitive. The last four years, they've only had one win each season. And I think each season that came against Sheboygan North, although I'd have to double check. Uh, but Sheboygan South has really not been a competitive team. Meanwhile, Notre Dame has been one of the top teams, most consistent teams in the FRCC, uh, generally kind of slotting in behind Bayport in the regular season. But then Notre Dame has, uh, uh, of course, had pretty good success in the playoffs, winning a state title a few years ago, making it to a state title game the year after. Last year, they made it to level three. So they've been a pretty consistent team. But this year, in a shocker, Sheboygan, excuse me, Sheboygan South got a win over Notre Dame, 14 to nothing. Don't have uh, full stats on Notre Dame, but obviously the Sheboygan South defense came to play in that one. Uh, it wasn't like Sheboygan South was putting up big offensive numbers. In fact, they had uh, less than 150 total yards in that game, but they got it done on defense. They made the plays that they needed to and pulled off a very, very surprising win over Notre Dame, which is good to see because Sheboygan football in general, Sheboygan South and Sheboygan North, have both been, quite frankly, pretty bad the last few years, uh, generally finishing last and second to last in the, in the FRCC. And so it's good to see those teams, or at least Sheboygan South anyway, starting to uh, get a little more competitive. And, and this is a huge, huge win for the Red Wings. The first time uh, they've beaten Notre Dame in many years, and in fact, only the third time that they've beaten Notre Dame, period. So a big win for the Red Wings. Speaking of uh, impressive wins, we talked last week about Milwaukee Riverside beating Pewaukee in week one, and how that was a good sign for the city conference, which has struggled mightily outside the league the last few years. Well, in week two, Milwaukee King got a victory over Kenosha Tremper. Now, Kenosha Tremper is a the last couple of years has not been a playoff team necessarily. You know, they've, they've kind of been on the bubble a little bit uh, several times. They're not competing for a Southeast Conference title. In fact, they haven't made the playoffs in almost a decade. But to, for King to get an, a win over Tremper is pretty impressive uh, because those wins in the non-conference for city conference teams have been few and far between the last few years. So King uh, gets that win. And uh, for the first time in a long while that I can remember, two city conference teams did receive votes in our Wisports.net coaches poll this week. Now, Riverside and King neither ended up cracking the top 10, but they did receive some votes, which was uh, interesting to see, good to see, again, based on the struggles that the city conferences had the last few years. We had some big games in Division 5 last week. St. Mary Springs, the defending champions, suffered their second straight loss to open the season. Second straight home loss to open the season. Now, the Ledgers have played a very difficult schedule. They lost in a close game to Lake Country Lutheran in Week 1. They lost in a close game to Amherst in Week 2. Amherst won that one 14-7. We'll talk a little bit more about St. Mary Springs and what this means, but... Uh, 
certainly not the end of the road by any means for head coach Bob Hyland in, in the Ledgers. Uh, also in Division Five, Lake Country Lutheran, who did beat Springs in uh, in Week One. The Lightning had a home game in Week Two and went down in overtime as they lost to Darlington, a team that obviously is one of the most storied programs in the state. They were four-time runner-up, um, but the last couple years haven't quite been the same Darlington program. Second year under Travis Winkers as head coach, he's instituting some different offensive and defensive schemes than uh, what they're used to seeing at Darlington, which for many years relied on that wing T offense. They're spreading it out a little bit more, and things are starting to come around. They get a win in overtime over Darlington. They open the year with a nice win against Westby, a playoff team from last year. So Darlington might be back. Maybe they're back. Uh, And... Looking like uh, Division Six is a little bit wide open this year. The Redbirds, who who do compete in Division Six, um, you know, will be an interesting to interesting team to watch. And so, uh, again, Lake Country Lutheran had been the second ranked team in D five. They dropped down a few spots this week. Springs dropped down as well. Uh, so some interesting games there. How about the performance by Verona in Week Two? They take on a pretty good Middleton team on the road. And it was not much of a contest. 61-35. Verona's got got to get some things cleaned up on defense. But holy smokes. That offensive firepower for Verona is incredibly impressive. We knew they were going to be good. They had uh, some very talented players coming back. Two offensive linemen with uh, that are Division I players up front. Very talented and experienced set of backs. Adam backs at quarterback. Hawken Anderson, um, kind of a versatile receiver and running back type, uh, playing on the wing and the slot all over the place. And Jackson Aker, a junior committed to Wisconsin, playing running back for the uh, for the Wildcats. Not sure if that's where he'll stay at the next level. He might be a linebacker at the next level, but he's six foot one, six foot two, somewhere in there, two hundred twenty pounds. Very fast, athletic kid, but very strong, obviously as well. And he had two hundred forty three yards on just 14 carries in that win over Middleton. Verona had 588 yards on the ground, 735 yards of total offense. In addition to Aker, Graham Steyer went for 180 yards on just eight carries. Hawken Anderson, 153 yards on just seven carries. Adam Becks threw for 129 and two scores. Aubrey Dawkins, a talented receiver on the outside, caught both of those touchdowns. So just... A ton, a ton of firepower for Verona right now. They shot up the rankings this week. They were not ranked in week one, after week one. They were just outside. They they would have been 11th or 12th. Um, We only go up to top 10. But in week two, they go all the way up to fifth, from unranked to fifth, and deservedly so, uh, because they are looking very, very impressive with that offense that, uh, that they have there. Um, some other games of note, uh, let's see in the, on Thursday, actually, it was lacrosse, excuse me, lacrosse central taking on Eau Claire Memorial, ton of offensive firepower in that one as well, lit up the scoreboard, 62, 44 Memorial got a win and they needed all 62 of those points because central kept the pressure on in that game. Some incredible individual performances from the guys that we expected to, to do that. For Lacrosse Central, 
Quarterback Johnny Davis, 332 yards, three touchdowns through the air, 135 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Many of those uh, passes went to his twin brother, Jordan, who had 13 catches for 246 yards, two touchdowns. Both of those guys heading to Wisconsin as basketball players. But as we've talked about, I think both would have had futures as scholarship football players if they had chosen to pursue that, uh, that option. But they could not keep up with Oakland Memorial, who had a huge rushing performance uh, as a team, and especially Loyal Crawford, their junior running back, committed to Wisconsin, had a little bit of a uh, quiet-ish week one, actually sat out the beginning of that game, uh, I believe for uh, unspecified team rule violation, but in the game against Lacrosse Central, 36 carries, 337 yards, five touchdowns in that one as he showed not only the ability to be a uh, an explosive guy and, and put up big plays but also uh, a guy that could grind out the tough yards and, and get five six eight yards when you needed to and not just hit a home run every play so a, a big performance by him in uh, in a high scoring game there uh, on Thursday Reedsburg is 2-0 to start the year. They got a nice win over uh, Monona Grove last week. Casey Campbell had three long touchdowns in that one, two receiving, one uh, one rushing. And the Beavers are looking pretty solid. They've got a tough test this week, though. They go and, and take on, actually, they, they host DeForest this week in what should be a very good game. But I think the story of the season so far, and it continued that, theme in week two. We talked about it a little bit after week one, but the the theme of, of this 2019 season is some very, very good programs that have had some very, very significant struggles so far this year. We've talked about uh, these teams quite a bit, but Marquette, who last year was a state semifinalist in Division One, they are 0-2 to start the year. Now, their losses have come to Muskego, the top-ranked team in Division I, in Brookfield East, the third-ranked team in Division II. Fully expect them to get back on track and, and maybe even get into that conference title race if, if, if a few things go their way in the greater metro, because that is a very talented football team. Uh, the defensive talent especially is, is outstanding there at Marquette. Um, but they'll be a force to be reckoned with at some point this year. If it's not in the conference title race, it, definitely in the playoffs. Iola Scandinavia, we were shocked by their opening loss to Montello Princeton Green Lake in week one. They played better in week two, but they did fall to Mozanie, 37-34, I believe was the score in that one. Um, looked better, but uh, against a, a bigger program, we're not able to get it done. So Iola sits 0-2. St. Mary Springs, we talked about, is 0-2 against a very difficult schedule as well as the defending Division V state champions. The defending eight-player state champion, Sevastopol, suffered a second straight loss. And so they are now 0-2. Spencer Columbus Catholic in a state semifinal game last year, they're 0-2. Rice Lake is 0-2. Mount Hora Barneveld, 0-2. Monona Grove, 0-2. Those eight programs that we just mentioned, Marquette, Iola, MG, Mount Hora, Barneveld, Rice Lake, Spencer Columbus Catholic, Sevastopol, Springs, those eight teams... Combined for 93 wins, 26 playoff victories, three state titles last year, and all of them sit 0-2 in the early part of 2019. 
Again, some of them have played very difficult schedules, but you would expect the way that these teams are, the way that these programs are, that they would uh, not be in this position. I mean, St. Mary Springs plays a difficult schedule every year. They've beaten Amherst and Lake Country Lutheran in the past, um, but are 0-2 in both of those games, by the way, this year were at home. They're not the only teams that are struggling, though. There are some other very strong programs that are 0-2 as well. Hudson, a perennial contender in the Big Rivers Conference, they are 0-2. Loyal is 0-2. They made it to level three of the playoffs last year. Ashland was a surprise uh, conference champion in the Great Northern last year, but they've fallen back to earth. They're 0-2 to start this season. Southern Door uh, had been a uh, consistent contender in the MONLPC Large for several years. But they're 0-2 to start the season. Luxembourg-Casco is 0-2. McFarland was an undefeated team in the regular season last year, outright champions of the Rock Valley Conference, but they are 0-2 to start this season. So, again, this has to be the the theme so far, the big storyline so far of 2019 is these teams that are struggling considerably that you wouldn't necessarily expect that out of, that you would expect them to uh, be in a better spot than what they are, certainly. Um, again, tough teams, tough tough uh, opponents that they've had so far, a number of them, but just shocking to see all of those teams sitting at 0-2. And again, the, the eight teams that we highlighted initially, 93 wins last year. And they're all winless so far in 2019. We'll see if any of them can get things turned around this week. Because this is the week where most of them will be entering conference play. Whatever uh, hiccups they've had so far, whatever little uh, issues they've had, whatever losses they've had, kind of go out the window. And, And you can get back into conference play. You can get yourself right. You can get back and and potentially uh, be in a conference title chase for many of these programs. But as of right now, they're 0-2. But again, we'll see this week if the tide starts to change for any of these programs. Um, I think all of them, their, their schedules for this week lighten up just a little bit. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if any of them potentially miss the playoffs if any of them uh, do recover and get back into that conference title type of, uh, type of race. Um, but as we look ahead to this weekend, those are certainly storylines that we'll be following, but also big storylines involving some big games. And again, most teams getting into conference play this week, which means most of these games are going to be conference games as we look over the schedule for this week. Thursday, there's a couple really good games on the schedule involving a pair of ranked teams. The Classic 8 Conference we've talked about, looking very strong once again this year. And Catholic Memorial uh, will host Maguanago on Thursday. Maguanago's 2-0. They're actually ranked 7th in Division 1. This is the first time Maguanago's been in the rankings for a, excuse me, for a few years. Looking very good under head coach Mike Ganevac, who came over from Fond du Lac a few years ago. And so Catholic Memorial gets another stiff test here in the early going. Also on Thursday, in the Clover Belt Conference, two of the teams that have kind of dominated that league the last few years 
Regis hosts Stanley Boyd on Thursday. Regis is the top-ranked team in Division VI. Stanley Boyd is in the top 10 in D5, a little bit of a resurgent year after uh, you know, not quite being the Stanley Boyd that we've expected. Um, so some nice Thursday games on the schedule. Friday, there are some outstanding games in the Milwaukee area featuring ranked teams, including a, uh, a GMC Classic 8 crossover. We talked about that a couple times, been some very good matchups in those already. Uh, but Brookfield East will travel to Arrowhead. Both teams ranked in the top 10 of their respective divisions. A big one in the North Shore Conference. Homestead, winners of 18 consecutive conference titles, hosts Grafton, an upstart that uh, up until a couple years ago had basically no playoff history or success, but they've put together a really nice group of uh, players and are off to a solid start this year. Joey uh, Georgie, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, running back, had a huge game last week, had over 300 rushing yards, uh, really big performances. They got a win last week over West Bend East. Um, They trailed that one, in fact, and and then uh, Georgie scored four touchdowns in the second half, 344 yards, five touchdowns overall. Also had a receiving touchdown in that one. Uh, Big Woodland West matchup as Greendale travels to New Berlin-Eisenhower. In the Greater Metro Conference, Brookfield Central, coming off a loss last week to Catholic Memorial, they'll take on Sussex-Hamilton, a team that just moved into the top 10 in the Division I rankings. And then also in the Classic 8, Muskego, who I mentioned earlier, their their reward for beating Marquette and um, Arrowhead the first two weeks is now to go on the road to Waukesha West. So we'll get a better feel for Waukesha West in this one. They haven't necessarily played the, t- the kind of schedule that Muskego has so far. Some good games in the southwest part of the state, especially amongst some small schools. You got Potosi Cassville at Blackhawk Warren, two of the, the top teams in the Six Rivers Conference. Speaking of the Six Rivers, Pecatonica Argyle will go to Benton Scales Mound Schulzburg. In the Swall, Lancaster goes to Darlington in Those are two teams that used to be in different conferences, but Lancaster moves in this year. Two of the top programs in the state, two historic programs from uh, the last several decades. You go back to the 1990s and all the success that Darlington had and and Lancaster uh, kind of since the uh, the 90s when John Hoke took over, actually took over in the 80s, but really built that program to success beginning in the 90s, continued over the last uh, couple decades. Interesting game that uh, that might be the game that I go to Friday night. I'd originally planned to go to a different one, but I I don't think it's going to be quite what I had hoped. So I'm going to try, I think, to get down Friday night to Lake Mills, where the Elcats, who have played a very difficult schedule already, welcome in on Alaska in a non-conference game. Two teams I've not been able to see in person yet, so be able to get those checked off. Um, and Onalaska's undefeated, very strong uh, offense that they're looking at this year. Lake Mills, very strong offensively in their own right. Two teams that like to pass the football, so this game could take a while. But uh, looking forward to that one. And then also uh, my Reedsburg Beavers in the Badger North Conference. They are 2-0 to start the year, and they welcome into Forest. And this will be a different kind of test for Reedsburg. They've struggled the last few years against a forest and, and traditionally, even when Reedsburg was really good and, and made some 
state title and semifinal runs, uh, they, they always seem to struggle against DeForest. And DeForest is very, very good this year. Uh, ranked Both teams ranked this week. The big game, though, the game of the week in the state of Wisconsin is undoubtedly the big matchup between Fond du Lac and Kimberly. So much talk last year and leading up to last year was about these two teams. And we get that matchup as a VFA crossover again this year. It does count in the conference standings. Fond du Lac ranked third in Division I. Kimberly's ranked second. Of course, last year, Fond du Lac ended Kimberly's 70-game winning streak right away in Week 1. An outstanding football game. Fond du Lac kicked a field goal in the closing seconds of that one to get the win. And we talked about it immediately after that game, that it might not be the, the, uh, the only matchup between those two teams. And sure enough, in the playoffs, state semifinals, they met up again, and Kimberly got a win in that one, got some redemption. Kimberly scored late. It was another outstanding game. In fact, they scored in overtime after Fond du Lac had scored and kicked an extra point. Kimberly went for two in the win and converted and Kimberly won that one before going on to fall to Muskego in the state title game. So now we get these two teams again in a uh, huge matchup. First game for Steven Jorgensen as the head coach at Fond du Lac, uh, excuse me, at Fond du Lac against Kimberly. Uh, Fond du Lac has certainly had a tougher schedule to this point. They beat a very good Franklin team in week one. They hammered Stevens Point last week. Kimberly had some struggles in week one, has struggled to put away Oshkosh North, or excuse me, Oshkosh West. Week two, they rebounded. They, they beat Wisconsin Rapids pretty handily, as, as you might expect. Um, but they haven't been challenged quite to the level that Fond du Lac has. Kimberly's done a nice job breaking in a sophomore quarterback, uh, but does have a, a number of players back this year that are high-level players. Connor Winnick on the outside at uh, receivers having a good start to the season. They've got a number of Division I-type players uh, throughout that football team. And so... Just the, the kind of game that you love to see. I mean, it's what high school football is all about. It's two powerhouse programs, a lot of history, recent history anyway, between these two teams. The games that we saw last year, two incredible games, perhaps the two best games of, of the entire year were between these two teams. And so a, a Titanic matchup in the Valley Football Association. Certainly some other good games around the state uh, interested to see you know, how some of these teams bounce back. Uh, for instance, Notre Dame, after losing last week to Sheboygan South, they have to uh, get right up and, and get ready to play because they play Bayport this week. It's a home game for Notre Dame, but um, they've got to get things uh, turned around quickly, obviously. Again, other good games on the schedule. You can look for a full week week three preview on Thursday coming on Wisports.net. Don't forget to keep an eye out later this afternoon for our eight-player football preview. Um, and then, of course, our regular weekly content. Still voting going on for our Team of the Week and Player of the Week polls. That voting goes until 4 on Thursday afternoon. Uh, the coaches poll, uh, of course, came out on Tuesday. You can check out the, uh, the ups and downs of teams in that coaches poll as well. Make sure you listen in to Football Friday Night, Friday night after your game. You can find that on one of our great local affiliates, or you can listen online at TheBig1070.com, on the iHeartRadio Heart app, etc. And, uh, yeah, a fun, fun week of games. First week where kids are in school, at, at least 
all kids are in school. So we'll see how the atmosphere changes a little bit. If uh, results in, in more, you know, fans at the game and student sections and, and whatnot, um, kids are settled into a little bit more of a rhythm now uh, as they kind of move into normalcy to some extent, go to school, go to practice. Uh, you know, the, the regular schedule sets in, which coaches, <laughs> coaches love. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it, how it all goes this week. A, a big week, again, the first week of conference action for many leagues around the state of Wisconsin. That'll do it, though, on this uh, version, this episode of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>